0: All so this week, uh, (laughs) my message, it took me a really long time to actually come to the point of what I felt like God was wanting to talk to us about and the message to share with you all and uh, I've come to that conclusion now, so you'll be happy, there is actually a message today, it was worth coming out hopefully. Um, I was thinking about the times, so this will relate in, when we were kids, and we used to go away with mum and dad on holidays, right? Yeah, my mum's laughing already. She obviously had fun. <laughs> no, but, but you know how, because I was thinking about my dad and, you know, those influences too with Father's Day and all, and uh, my dad, although he grew up in Melbourne City, uh, he seemed to have a real heart for the country, right? So he ended up going out and working on dairy farms and doing stuff he he milked cows and and did some other stuff that I won't tell you what he did with animals Um, but he had to look after them and look after the land and grow stuff and he he knew a lot about crops and things like that. One of the things that I remember he used to tell me because we he loved growing veggies too so we had a a town block in Narrows Road which is uh, right sort of near Ludmilla Primary School that fly over there and We used to have veggie patches out in the backyard, you know, because there was quite big backyards and he'd grow veggies. And wherever we were, he grew veggies. He still grows them today, as you know. Um, He's got a great veggie patch out there in Howard Springs. He's got fruit trees on his block, just loves that stuff a lot. And he'd love to share his knowledge with us. And, you know, and your kids, how you listen really carefully, right? (laughs) You guys, you should look at this view. And you're like, yeah, Archie comic. Uh, Don't worry about the view. You just sort of ignore it. But... One of the things that I remember as we visited farms because he had friends obviously that worked in, on farms and stuff like that and people he'd worked for and we'd, we'd go and, and he'd talk about the crops and they'd talk about the fields and stuff and there was... One of the things that they used to do is rest a field. Has everyone heard of that? Yeah? No? Some people? So basically, you know, you'd grow a crop and, and you might even change the crop so that the land can support the next crop because it's got different minerals or stuff that it uses and you might grow a crop that releases nitrogen into the soil um, like peanuts or... Um, what's another one, Ron? Soybeans? I don't know. Peas, <laughs> something, you know. There's there's certain grasses that are really rich in nitrogen and release release it back into the soil and then they plough it back in and leave it and the land would have a chance to recover. Now, where does that principle come from? I can look in the Bible, it talks about it in the Bible, it's, it's called on um, every seventh year they would rest the land. They give it a rest and what they do is like they might have a crop on it, or even if it was grapes and figs and stuff like that, they wouldn't tend to it for a whole year. And that was left over for uh, the poor people to come and gather, so that was one of the welfare things. They'd in their seventh year, so it might not be a great crop, but whatever grew that year um, was just for everyone to have, and there was a rest. But that land was called fallow. It was left alone, fallow land. And why I wanted to talk about that is I just felt that where we are right now, there's a lot of people that have had the soil turned over in their life, in their heart, towards God, and now it's dormant. It's, it's, it's set. But what's happening is that it's beginning to harden up. You see, that land was only meant to rest for a year in the Bible. Then it was meant to be replowed or, or re tilled or whatever it might be and turn the soil over and a new crop and new life begin to come. And it, and it seems in the church there are times. When God's Spirit just seems to visit in an amazing way, and people's lives are turned over, their their hearts, so to speak, are ploughed. Do you know what I mean? Where you're ready, you're receiving things from the Word of God, and you know. But then it's like the whole of life seems to steamroll some some of us. Well, actually, probably all of us, if we let it at times. And it's like we've got this steamroller just driving backwards and forth on the on the land of our heart, and it's getting harder and harder and harder, and we just lost our love for God. It's like that, the the the. I guess we might we might even call it passion that we have for the things of God is gone. You know, and it's like every time we hear something of God, it's hitting this soil. It's a bit like you know the the parable Jesus talked about, where the where the seed fell on the hard soil, and it's like bang, and the enemy came straight away and stole it. And our lives are made so less rich because we've lost our first love for God. We've lost this tenderness of heart that we need to have for the word of God to take real effect in our life. And so I just wanted to read a a couple of verses about that. We're not reading too much today. It's just going to be, it's actually pretty simple. But you'll know who you are right there, sitting out there in the crowd, where you're like, I look back on my life as a Christian, and I remember, I remember when the things of God stirred my heart I remember when the word of God, I'd go to church and I'd, I'd hear the word of God and it didn't matter if it was the worst preacher in the world or the best preacher in the world, somewhere within that mix of things, God's Holy Spirit took, took hold of some seed and whacked it in my life and then grew this amazing love and compassion for people. All of a sudden my, my life changed or, or you went and you sang a worship song and it didn't matter if the singers were great or poor or whatever, your heart was alive to God. And now you sit there and you're just like, man, I just feel dead. I feel dead because of whatever might have happened, circumstances, things like that. And, and thinking about that with us, that, that place that we can be in all the time. We can actually be in it all the time where our hearts are, are fully turned over. But the thing is that we might be waiting for God to do something, but we're actually meant to be doing it. We're the ones who are meant to start ploughing our own hearts, start taking the time. And, and I was thinking through Proverbs. There's a, quite a lot of Proverbs about lazy people. And I'm not talking about, you know, that, that laziness of just not working. What I'm saying right now is I've, as I thought about those lazy Proverbs, it's like <clears throat> I went past the field of a lazy man and his field was filled with briars and the walls were broken down and, and then there's another one that, you know, talks about the lazy man. It's, it's like a rusty hinge, you know, on his bed, just... And he's just thinking all the time, you know, um, a little bit more sleep, a little bit more slumber, I'm really tired, I'm just going to sleep some more, and things come. And, and the Bible says that, so his poverty comes. In other words, there's no productivity in that person's life. And I wonder sometimes if we were, we're like that spiritually. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I just need a bit more rest. I just need a bit more slumber. You know, I'm just going to just not worry about praying. I'm not going to be worrying about the Word of God. I'm not going to be worrying about worshipping. I'm not going to be worried about fellowshipping. And, you know, slowly our field just falls apart. And we're like, all of a sudden in this place where it's like God's so far away. But we know from what was read out this morning, you know, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. God's love is always towards us, always reaching out towards us. But we sometimes run away from that love. We don't put ourselves in a place where that love is developed deep in our heart. And I want to really uh, emphasize that I'm not talking about passion for God, you know, the things of God. I think we should have passion for the things of God. But you know the difference between passion and deep love deep love can have it stirs up passion but it's very different it's long lasting it's it's stable it's consistent and that is what will get you through this life and it's what will enhance your life as a christian not just being passionate for two or three weeks or even two or three years i just you know i'm so passionate about youth and i'll come along for three times and then all of a sudden i'm not passionate anymore because Beneath that passion you you, you see a a mind thing that I know this should happen but your heart hasn't actually settled to be able to keep producing fruit that you need to produce because the only time that the field becomes productive is when it is ploughed up again and there's new seed planted. And there is no doubt that that's what we need to do in our Christian life. We cannot just settle on our salvation and go, you know what, that was it. I was born again so long ago. I received the Spirit of God and it was a great experience, but blah now. Blah to my Christian walk right now. But we're going to look at a verse later that talks about that, the Holy Spirit and and being filled with the Holy Spirit and how it's meant to be a consistent, constant and everlasting thing in our life, not just a one-off event. So let's look at first, um, at a verse in Hosea. And it's chapter 10, verse 12. You're going to look at it in two versions there. So I said, this is God talking to the people of Israel. This is what he said to them. Of course, if you read through this whole chapter of the Bible, they didn't do that, right? They did exactly the opposite. <clears throat> I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plough up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. So let's look at it in the New King James. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Can you see the, the uh, I guess the call for us to actually do something about this? If we're living a, a life as a Christian where we've lost that first love, and we're waiting for God to do something, we need to think again. He can, and he does, and he will. But the first thing that has to happen is that we have to have our heart softened again, right? Breaking up the fallow ground. The, the Bible talks about the word of God being like a hammer that breaks the rock to pieces. It talks about it being like dew that comes down and waters the earth. The word of God is something that is so important that we regard highly in our life because if we don't, that heart that we have that has become hard and won't become soft again. Now understand that when we get born again, there is a change in our nature as you know, God talked about it, that he said he will take out the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. That's good, isn't it? You see, it's not only reliant on us seeking the word of God, but it's about us surrendering ourselves to Christ. The surrender. That, that God can actually do something in a miraculous way that softens our heart, that allows us to love well. But we are very much in the driver's seat here because, I don't know about you, but I've found that it's usually my attitude that hardens my heart, not the circumstance I see two people go through exactly the same circumstance. One comes out with a heart that's still soft and loving. The other one comes out with a hard heart. What's the difference? One is remaining in Christ. One is making the decision that no matter what my heart needs to be soft before him. I need to continue on in righteousness. So when it talks about that it's sowing seeds of righteousness and then it talks about God raining righteousness on you. That That you see the exact... Actually, can we go back to the previous slide there, please? Plant the good seeds of righteousness, and then God showers righteousness. Can we see what's happening here? What does the Bible say about sowing and reaping? You reap what you sow. It's not actually that hard to understand, right? Right? You're like, why is there no love in my life? Are you saying seeds of love? Why is there no goodness in my life? Are you saying seeds of goodness? Why is there no peace in my life? Are you sowing seeds of peace? How simple is that, really? Come on. <laughs> it's, it's really that simple. How come my marriage is such a mess? And we fight all the time. Are you sowing seeds of peace into your marriage? Are you taking offence? Are you reacting to everything that's said against you? Why isn't, there seed, why isn't there peace in my relationships? Are you gossiping about your friends? Are you encouraging them? Are you lifting them up? What are the seeds that you're sowing into them? I don't know why my kids don't love God. Yeah. Please, take this the right way. I know how hard this is. But maybe you've been doing stuff that they look at and go, you're a hypocrite. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, maybe not, because everyone makes a choice. But, but can you see the, the importance of this in our life, that, that, that God wants us to plough up our heart to have a real look at ourselves with the help of the Holy Spirit to go, where am I? Am I following after you? Am I really sowing the right seeds in my life? And, and it's interesting, I was, I was thinking about um, even the people we hang around and all that sort of thing and I was reading through a book and it was just talking about how, um, and it's not a Christian book, it's just a book, that over time when you hang around with good people... You just sort of become good. It's like their goodness just wears off on you or wears into your life. And, you know, it's like, well, who am I hanging with as well? What is it that's hardening my heart? If I've got to plow up my heart. What is it that I need to do to make it softer, to, to get God's word in and plough it up? It means I have to listen, I have to, have to think about it, I have to meditate on the word of God and I have to apply it to my own life, not to everyone else's. It's not like when you hear a message, you're like, oh, I wish they were here. <laughs> you know, it would have been great for them. But, you know, for me, I'm like that Pharisee in the story looking at the man crying out, oh God, I'm a sinner and going, oh, wow. I pity that person. God, I'm so good. <laughs> I'm so good. You're so lucky to have me on your side, God. <laughs> but that's how it happens sometimes. You know, we, we cover up in our heart and it's really basically sin in our heart. So could we go on to our third slide, please? So here we are, Peter's in the day of Pentecost going out preaching and It's talking about that refreshing and, and yeah, we can read that. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor and for lack of justice there is waste. Again, it's like, I guess why I wanted to put that verse in here is to just really remind us that ground that's fallow has great potential. But until it is tilled and looked after, it remains with no crop. And your life is made poorer every single day that you let pass with your fellow ground because there's so much richness that God wants to give you. All right, let's go on to our next one then in Acts. Repent of your sins, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. I love that. You know, that, that the whole point of this is that when we start to do that and soften our heart, what comes to our life is times of refreshment. How many of you right now sitting out there would like those times of refreshment? You know, Alison talked about hardships in life and, and things like that, but, but you see, God's plan is that we actually walk into that life with all its fullness, the, 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 the great life, the life in Christ Jesus where the refreshment comes And obviously, here he's talking about people who are not Christians, but I'll tell you what, it applies to us as well, when we don't take advantage of the grace that God has given us, and when we sin, we come to God and say, I have sins, forgive me. Because that is when we allow God's love and his grace to come through our life and refresh us, to give us that brand new feeling of hope of the Spirit of God. And this is one of the most important things that we need to remember, that the refreshment comes because he said, said, Jesus Christ will come again, basically. He will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. We know Jesus is coming back at the end of the age, but how did Jesus come in our life? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. And we need to make sure that we allow times for the Holy Spirit to take precedence in our life. How do we do that? Let's just read that Ephesians verse. I think that's the next one, isn't it? Five, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we see be filled with the Holy Spirit, that is not just like a once-off thing. That word does not mean that. So if you look up the meaning of it, it means this, be filled. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And how are we going to do that? Have a look what it says to do. Sing har- sing <laughs> psalms and hymns And spiritual songs among yourselves. In other words, make sure you live a life of worship. If you want to be filled and being filled with the Holy Spirit, your life must be a worshipful life, right? We have to put ourselves in positions, not just places, but heart position where we are now really worshipping God. Why? Um, Like I said last week, I honestly believe that worship is the plough for the soul, If we don't have amazing worship in the church, if people aren't connected, if they're they're ambivalent about worship, if they come in to to a Sunday morning and their first thought is, what's for lunch? We're not going to get the presence of God here. Oh yeah, but God's everywhere. Yeah, he is. But there's places where he doesn't feel welcome. You, You know when it talks about the Holy Spirit, it says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And when people's hearts are far from God in worship, the Holy Spirit is grieved. Why would you turn up? Why would you let your presence fall? Because we can see throughout the Bible, obviously, Christians are filled with the Holy Spirit already, but then it says, and then they being filled with the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit filled them and they said. And so it's like not one one thing that happened once upon a time, but they're obviously living in this place where they're open to the Spirit of God moving. And that first place has to be your worship. It can be in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, but can also be in the way you talk during the week, the way you work, the things you think about. The lack of gossip is worship. The lack of hurtful words is worship. Working at your job as though you were working for the Lord is worship. Because if we start to go, God is not segmented in my life, but He is an active part in every area of my life, every area of our life becomes worship to God. Why? Because worship is elevating someone to a higher place than ourselves. And so we look at the world not through this lens of, oh, this is my life, this is God's life. It's like God in everything. It's not, it really isn't God then family, then church, then whatever, then the list that we've seen. It's never that. It's God. God in everything. God in family. God in work. God in sport. God in entertainment. God everywhere. Our life is not in little bubbles all over the place, it's in this one big bubble of worship towards God that that our whole life reflects our love for him. Because what happens as soon as we segment God into one part of our life, we lose the fullness of who he is. We lose the fullness of the creator, we lose the fullness of our salvation and we certainly don't enjoy our life the way that God meant us to because we don't know what, what priorities God has in our life, right? Sometimes God might say, actually, you need to put church first at the moment, your family second. But I'm gracing you for that because you're listening to me. And another time, it's family first at the moment, then church. Understanding there is no higher priority, right? But what I'm saying is that it opens up to us listening to the Spirit. It's like me, yeah. With sport, I love sport, love playing sport. But my challenges were is my family more important at the moment or is my sport? God, what do you think? My family, that's not fair. <laughs> but later on, it changed again a little bit. You see, I wasn't out to be the best sportsman, I was out to glorify God. Now, it might be for someone else that God says, Listen, I want you to be an AFL star because that is the best sport, so we put the highest first, <laughs> but I want you to be an outfield side, that's, that's the mission I have for you in life, but within that, God is in everything else as well, I hate it when sportsmen say, I sacrificed everything to get this gold medal, what a stupid waste of time, I sacrificed my family and my kids and they sacrificed their life for me, Why? I understand there is sacrifice in life, but, but when it comes to that point of obsession that it's we leave God, that's not good. Your call might be to be the best city planner in the world. Your, pl- your plan from God might be to be the best politician, but in that, that is never the goal of our life, to serve anything other than God first. Because as soon as we do that, if that's all we're thinking about, we're never open to what God wants us to do. We just stay somewhere because we're either fighting for our own um, egotistical drive or we feel that we're letting people down or all those sorts of things, but God in everything. God, I love it when, it when the Bible talks about, don't be stupid and say, you know, tomorrow I'm going here, we're going to this city, we're buying this, we're doing that. Jesus said, don't say that. Just say if God's willing If that's what God wants, I'm going to do it. It's okay to have those plans, but you always set them before God. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your paths. God in everything. And so with that, it's like, so the first thing was that worship, you know, the the psalms, the hymns, the spiritual songs. We better bring that verse up again, please, in Ephesians or that passage. among yourselves, right? So obviously fellowship's important, right? We have our times of private worship, but we have the fellowship of togetherness. That's important if you want to keep your heart plowed. I, I sort of mentioned that a little bit before when it's like if you keep good company, you will become good. If, you, if you're a bit flat and not really with God, go and hang out with two other people that love God and uh, you look at their life and you're like, man, they're always talking about how good God is. I don't know, I'm going to go and sit with them every Monday and drag them down. No, kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> you hang around people that lift your spirit up, that, that encourage you in the things of God, that, that when you're with them, you, you actually know who they are, don't you? Because you're going to sit down with someone and you walk, you walk away, you're perfectly happy with everything, but once you talk to them, everything's bad. <laughs> right? You know who they are. Making music to the Lord in your hearts. I love that because they're saying, yes, you've got your your mouth worshipping, you're in that place, but where's your heart? Making music to God. I like this better because it's like, you know, worship can sometimes be someone else's words and this, that and the other, but, you know, it's like, what's the song in your heart today? I feel it sometimes, you know, like the house I'm in at the moment, I just love it so much and I walk outside and I look at what I can see and my heart's just like, oh God, thank you. It's like this music in my heart goes up to him. I thank you so much. I don't know what's playing, but it's probably like that ice cream van or something. No, my music. <laughs> but, but there's something deep within you that you are no longer just taking for granted the things around you, but it's, it becomes thankfulness, right? Mal- music in your hearts and thanks to for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is where often that ploughing of the heart starts to take place. What has God done for you? As I said, you look back to that point in time when you're like, man, I was so alive for God. My heart was on fire. What was it back then that, that, it, that, that lit the spark? I bet you can say, you know, that... Uh, I just felt free from sin and I was just so alive to God I'd read the Bible and the words would jump out I'd read the same verse again it would say something different read it again I'm like man this word is alive <laughs> it is powerful it's crazy good where, where you met with your other Christian brothers and sisters and, and you're even in love with them <laughs> right because you're all walking in this way and and you're just like, man, whenever we get together I feel so lifted up and encouraged and it's great. I want to encourage you now, enter back into that place. It's not lost on you. The ground is not set like concrete. It's fallow. It means it's had fruit. Fallow ground is not unplowed ground that's never been touched by human hands or whatever. It's, 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 it's your life where you look back and you see that has been fruitful. That's when God touched me. I was so thankful for every little thing and now all I do is complain. You had fruit once. You had this relationship with God once. And God is calling you back there. He's saying, come back, grab that plough, hitch it to the ox, (laughs) and let's go through that field that was desert and dry and, and left alone because there is much more to come. There is wealth in that soil, and I want to bring it out in your life. If you trust me, if you give your life to me, if you start to see that it is God in everything... Things will turn around for you and the joy of the Lord will return to you in an amazing way and you will have the times of refreshment that you need. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you this morning that you are a good, good God. And Lord, I just ask in Jesus' name that we would take the plow to our own hearts this morning. Father, that we would see where we have hardened towards people, towards you, And Lord, we ask for forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sin, Lord God, because we want to stand holy before you and we want our hearts to be in the right place. Lord, help us to take that plough to our soul and push ourselves into the places where we know you are and to capture you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, now there might be someone out there that, is never received jesus as lord and savior and you're in the church this morning you know that tells me that you know you need him that your heart's just like i know i need a savior i'm looking well i want to tell you this morning that there is no better time to receive salvation than now and how, how do you do it the bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord that god raised him from the dead that he is the son of god you will be saved He wants to forgive your sin. He died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for you so that you could be restored relationship with your father. So this morning, if that's you, I'm just going to pray. You Just pray with me and ask God to come into your life today. Father God, I'm so sorry that I've lived my life apart from you. This morning, I want to come home. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. I know that I've never lived for you but this morning i want that to change i believe that jesus is your son god that you raised him from the dead and this morning i just confess that he is lord let him be lord of my life today from this day on i just want to live for you in jesus name amen okay guys let's stand and worship Maybe this morning this might be a good time for you to plough your heart a little bit. and Just get lost a little in worship. That it's not a chore, it's not a task, it's just a pleasure. Put away the other things that are worrying you, the, the thoughts of other things. And put yourself in this place where the circumstances and what's around you is not affecting your heart. So that you can truly worship Him this morning. Go deep, guys. Go deep. Let the plow go deep down into that soil and break it up. Because God has so much for you. So much for you. He is such a good God. Let's worship Him today. And if you want prayer for anything, please come forward. I'm happy to pray, even if it's around that. You know that you felt, you know, that I've walked away from God. My heart's become hard. And you just want someone to pray with you and pray for the Holy Spirit to come and refresh so that you can move forward because sometimes we just need that miraculous from heaven help, right? We can't do it ourselves. So I'm saying play out your heart, but you need something to kickstart it. You need that big battery that gives you the power to start. <laughs> if that's you this morning, come down the front. We're going to pray Holy Spirit fuel you. Just there you feel His presence is refreshing. Myself or one of the elders or all of us just pray and and just pray that God just really stirs your spirit up stirs your spirit up okay